going on, everybody? I am Nick Costco here with a college football daily bonus episode, and we call it a bonus episode because Brian Harson at Auburn has been fired. Okay, he was fired Monday afternoon. Something that was probably in the works for quite a bit—a tumultuous tenure with the Tigers. But Nathan King of Auburn Undercover is going to join me to break it all down. So, Nathan, bringing on now—I mean. First of all, first reaction to Brian Harson being fired. Why now? I mean, there was an opportunity, I think, what, maybe a couple of weeks ago that we were discussing, you know, kind of off the air. There was a bye week. Maybe you could have uh, allowed other people to exit and also revamp the staff for the rest of the season. So why now? Why on a Monday? Yeah, well, the biggest reason, I think, is because of the new athletic director. Um, you know, they wanted to give John Cohen, who comes over from Mississippi State, they wanted to give him the clean slate. And, you know, this, I'll be interested to talk to him later in the week. I think they, they officially introduced him on, on Monday night as we're recording this here on Tuesday morning. And so we'll get an opportunity to talk to him later this week. I think, though, as much as he probably had a hand in this, of course, because this has been something that's been going on for a few days, getting him introduced as the AD. Technically, it's not a move by him because they didn't officially introduce him until hours after the fact. And so he, as much as I think he would have, Auburn fans maybe would have been endeared to him if his first decree as athletic director would have been to, to get Brian Harson out of there. Um, you know, they wanted to be fair to him and let him come in. And as, you know, as soon as he starts now, there's a coaching search and he can, he can say, he can come in and say, these are my candidates. These are the guys I'm thinking about. They don't have to worry about any sort of, you know, awkward coexistence between him um, and Brian Harson. And, you know, there's been, you talked about the past few weeks and just the games that have been happening. There's been a lot of last straws. And I think that's the word that has been going around a good bit. You, you, you go back to week three against Penn State. It was the worst home loss in a decade. And really, at that point, you kind of realized that this team just didn't have it. That was a week after they only beat San Jose State by a touchdown. So you're kind of you're kind of seeing the writing on the wall that this isn't going to be a very good team this season. Then they get literally handed a game against Missouri. I, I believe if they had lost that game, if Nathaniel Piet for Missouri doesn't just drop the ball in the end zone in overtime, Brian Harson might have been fired right after that game. Instead, they win. And then after that timing just gets weird. Um, you have, again, the AD search just continues to go on, but they lose four straight games. After that, you blow a 17-point lead at home to LSU. You do your annual demolition at Georgia. Not really a big surprise there. I'm with you. I, I was kind of thinking the bye week might be a good time because, like you mentioned, you get all that you know opportunity for, you know, and, and players are going to, you know, we just, two minutes ago, there was another guy who, entered the portal and so you know you give players a little bit of time away from away from preparing for a game to to worry about that and kind of do a lot of housekeeping with the staff of course we saw a couple assistant coaches fired afterwards yesterday they're going to do um, a good bit of staff shuffling so the biggest reason though i think it comes back to the ad so this wasn't this is this wasn't a huge shocker arkansas was i think the most demoralizing game of the season not because of the result i mean they played fine offensively they didn't turn the ball over um but you know Allowing 40, 40 points for three straight games, that's going to wear on you. And really talking to players after the game, this one just felt different. And that's why some of us wondered if something might be coming soon because, you know, you, you you lose to Georgia. That's pretty standard again. But they go and they compete with Ole Miss and you're talking to players after the game. They're like, look, we played well offensively. If we don't turn the ball over, we're in this game at the very end. You know, we, we've got some stuff to work on you know, in the bye week. Then after the bye week, you just get hammered at home by Arkansas. And so players were pretty down. And so this was not um, a super big surprise. I know a lot of people around the country have been have been waiting for this shoe to drop as well. And, um, you know, they they did it in one fell swoop. They, they fire the head coach and they and they bring in the new AD all in one day. And so it really does feel like a clean slate for not only John Cohen as the athletic director, but but Auburn fans in general. It was a lot of optimism, I think, after yesterday at, at what they can do moving forward. Yeah, you basically answered my second question, which was John Cohen coming in from Mississippi State. He's the new athletic director. And, the, and it was very big coincidence but obviously as you mentioned he was introduced on monday night well after 
Harson was fired on Monday afternoon. So that answers that. So obviously now he has a coaching search. We'll get into that in just a second. But they also did I mean they were cleaning house on the staff. I mean, I have the offensive coordinator, tight end coach, recruiting coordinator, chief of staff, uh, general manager of scouting. I mean, they are all gone as well. So what went into that decision to basically clean out half of the staff before you know they even named uh, Cadillac Williams the interim head coach? Of course, all those guys you mentioned are Boise guys. Um, the only Boise-related hire that they didn't do away with is defensive coordinator Jeff Schmetting. And I'd, I'd argue he's had the worst season out of all those guys. The reason you don't do that is because I don't know how many other defensive play callers you have on the staff. So as rough as things have been there, um, you don't want to blow that up entirely and give in, you know, the defense has been pretty bad. And so you don't want to just give yourself no chance over the last few games of season and, and blow up the defensive coordinator offense. To be honest, their offense the past few weeks has been Robbie Ashford scramble and try to find somebody downfield or hand the ball to tank Bigsby. That normally doesn't work. And so you're not really losing that much. Y- you've already lost Brian Harson. I know Eric, he saw the offense coordinator was the play caller. You know how that goes. I mean, Brian Harson obviously had a big hand in, in the game planning for each games and he was a, a play caller, you know, relatively off often on game days but all those guys you just mentioned eric Keysaw, the offensive coordinator brad bedell the tight ends coach darren usher the recruiting coordinator and then brad Lorando, the chief of staff who he, he didn't really have a role in in football operations if you will he was just kind of brian harson's right hand man the feeling was like like you mentioned let's clean house let's let's do a complete reset let's name cadillac williams the interim head coach let's have players feeling like there is not this aura of brian harson still hanging around because you know truthfully eric Keysaw and brad bedell and um, especially Brad Lorando. Again, his right-hand man, he's one of his best friends. That should be kind of awkward. You know, you, you'd have those guys there, and, and those those guys are more upset than anybody that uh, that Brian Harson is gone. You know, he gave them this opportunity. He's been their head coach pretty much throughout their coaching tenures. Not a guy like he saw, but other guys have really just kind of followed him as he's gone along. And so it just kind of makes sense to, to sever ties entirely. Um, that way you can focus on the new task at hand, and that is that's interim head coach Cadillac Williams, you know, um, which Auburn fans love. They, they they couldn't have made a better decision here over the final four games of the season because you're not, I mean, you can, yeah, you, you could make a bowl game if you win these next three games. That's kind of a long shot, though. You're playing for the future. You're playing for pride. You're playing for Auburn fans. You know, you're just kind of giving yourself an opportunity to ride out these last few games and, and make the best of it. And really, if they had, you know, if they had named Zach Etheridge as well, who's a who's a defensive back who won a national title at Auburn, those were the two guys that, that people were really thinking about. But Cadillac makes a lot of sense. He's he's given so much to Auburn throughout his career. Obviously, was an All American running back, number five overall pick. There's a, there's a whole era of college football fans who, who know him. And and from being in the building yesterday, coming out of that meeting, players were excited. Uh, that's, that's an assistant coach that's given a lot to them. He's recruited a lot of them. One guy was joking with the running backs, and he said, "Y'all are going to get 70 carries on Saturday, so you are going to run the ball all the time." And so, you know, the reason I kind of include that is it didn't really feel like the day a head coach got fired yesterday. And I think that was the result. I'm not saying these guys didn't like Brian Harson and they're happy he's gone. But that that is the result of something hanging over your head for so long and things being so awkward and us having to dance around it with players and not really address the fact that your head coach is toast. But now, I mean, again, they're not glad Brian Harson's gone, but they don't have to worry about that anymore. They can just play ball and not have to worry about the future, what the future looks like, because now they've been told there's going to be a head coaching search after this season. Seems like it's definitely a breath of fresh air. I have one more on Cadillac Williams, but let's take a break first and we'll step aside. Make sure to lock, keep it locked here. This is the College Football Daily on 24-7 Sports.
So, Nathan, I have one more on Cadillac Williams. It's interesting because he is retained. He obviously is now the interim head coach. He's an Auburn legend. So, you know, he's in the right spot, at least in terms of like where he wants to be as a head coach, or at least even as just as a coach. But before we even dive into the potential coaching candidates, I mean, does he even have a shot, even a remote shot of actually retaining that position, being next year's head coach? And for the state, yeah, you're already shaking your head. So, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to skip that question and say, yeah. does he even have a chance to be retained on that next staff? Sure for next year and beyond. Yeah, I think that's a good, you know, that's a good point. That's what some people were talking about yesterday. Look, Cadillac, great guy, great recruiter, has done only good things since he got here at Auburn. You talk to anybody, they can only say good things about him. This is his first college job. Where Gus Malzahn plucked him from, he was a high school coach at IMG Academy, which, you know, of course, that's a great job. Um, but then he was coaching the Birmingham Iron in the AAF. He was, he was their running backs coach. And so it made a lot of sense to bring him home. But I, I really don't, I don't know about any other opportunities he would have had there other than his alma mater at Auburn. And now he's done great. You know, he's recruited really well. Tank Bigsby obviously reflects very well on what he's done over the past couple of years. And from what we had heard, he actually had a couple NFL opportunities um, last season, that last offseason that didn't really break his way in terms of, hey, if this guy becomes this NFL team's offensive coordinator, maybe you can be a running backs coach, that sort of thing. So he's done a great job. I, I do think if this next coach doesn't retain him, he'll have an opportunity to, to parlay this success into something else. But you look at this end of the season here. Let's say, let's say, first of all, let's say they beat Mississippi State on Saturday. It'd just be hilarious. It, you know, let's say they win this game. <laughs> maybe they lose Texas A&M. They beat Western Kentucky, and maybe they they give Alabama some semblance of a fight. And all the while, long you know, players are saying great things, and Cadillac's doing good stuff. I think that ge- this is a good opportunity for him to show the next head coach. You better keep me on the staff because players love me. Um, we've seen this in the past. You know, we've seen we've seen players go all out for interim coaches. We've seen it this season. Interim coaches have had a lot of success. So this is a great audition for him to to be on the staff next year. In terms of head coach, he might be he might be a little bit uh, of a ways away just because, again, this is his first college job. Um, but I do think he's got some good opportunities here to, to endear himself to this next coaching staff. So maybe Cadillac Williams will be on the staff of one Lane Kiffin, Hugh Freeze, uh, Deion Sanders, maybe somebody else. Obviously, those are CBS reported candidates, at least on maybe the wish list or who would gauge the most interest. Obviously, there's a lot of smoke around Lane Kiffin. That's been a talking point rumor for the past couple of weeks, obviously, due to his um, situation with Ole Miss and the NIL stuff. Just throwing it out there. I mean, that, that that's the chatter going around. But what are you hearing as far as who they're going to go after and who would be basically the top, let's say, two or three candidates? And maybe it is those three guys that I just mentioned. Yeah, well, think about this, Nick. You know, this is something I was talking to somebody about from Mississippi State yesterday. Think about where, where John Cohen's coming from. He's he's at the rival, was at the rival of Ole Miss. He he knows what Ole Miss football looks like, and he knows what where Lane Kiffin has it right now. He knows that, you know, you can generate interest there. It's, it's not the biggest program in the world, and it's not been historically very easy to find a lot of success there. Obviously, Hugh Freeze did it, um, but you know Lane Kiffin has has that program rolling in the right direction in, in pretty much every facet. Like you mentioned, NIL that might be a that might be a, a big deal for him right now. You've also heard him express his frustrations this year about the fan support at games. And so you just kind of see the writing on the wall and say, you know, he might be open to this job. We know for a fact that from our reporting the last time they had a head coach opening that he was very interested when Gus Malzahn was uh, was pushed out there. But Auburn didn't want to go for it. Auburn Auburn did not did not pursue him very heavily. Um, I think he would have taken it if they did. And then another another guy you think about John Cohen coming from Mississippi. He knows what Deion Sanders has meant at at, at Jackson State. You know, he's he understands what that looks like and, and, you know, what he's done to that program and kind of 
how how excited he's made those people um you know around around that program how excited he's he's made people about what it can be you know what it can mean to come over from the NFL and be a great recruiter and you know take that aspect of things and obviously not a guy who has a bunch of head coaching experience but you know if, if you're John Cohen you've seen up close both of those guys bring a lot of a lot of heat and a lot of excitement um to their respective areas and so I I do agree that Lane Kiffin is a guy that makes a lot of sense from from that aspect I do think they'll give Deion Sanders the time of day and that's 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 big I, I you know I'm not saying that he's among their top candidates and it's difficult to tell right now you know it's difficult to, it's difficult to put a grasp on it because right now as you record you know still less than 24 hours out from from when Harson got fired and, and as you know you know we're gonna learn we're gonna learn a lot more as as the days go on um you know a couple other guys to keep an eye on Hugh, Hugh Freeze heard about it a little bit haven't heard a lot about it from a Chris Roberts perspective Auburn's president I, I'm not sure how much they'd want to take that risk Chris Roberts is already doing a great job he's already in, you know like I mentioned he's already endeared himself really well to the fan base um, in terms of getting rid of Brian Harson, bringing in a new AD making a pretty a pretty big move there to, to snag somebody from the SEC West so we'll, we'll we'll see if there's any sort of developments there obviously Hugh Freeze has already been able to leverage some of that just speculated interest he's been able to leverage it into a contract extension and then Jeff Grimes was somebody who was mentioned a lot offensive line coach for Auburn when they won the national title in 2010. Since then, done really well at BYU, been the offensive coordinator, done really well at Baylor, been the offensive coordinator there. Some people might look at that and say, okay, but that's not a resume for somebody who can immediately jump to the SEC and become a head coach. He's an Auburn guy. He's a guy who has a lot of interest here. Same reason that Kevin Steele was in the mix last time. You might not have looked at his resume and said, you know, that he's a guy ready to take that head coaching position, but he's, you know, he's done a good job of, of developing relationships there. There are a lot of people in Auburn who still like Jeff Grimes a lot. And so those are at least as we look at it here on November 1st, things will change a lot. But those three guys, I think Kiffin and, and Sanders look from Auburn fans in particular, fans on our board and people I've seen. Those are the two. Those are the two far and away home runs. I think people the most people would be happy with Lane Kiffin and Deion Sanders in terms of making a big splash and, and making an impact, making yourself known in the SEC and, and trying to you know send a message. Um, but I also think Jeff Grimes probably rounds out that that top three, at least as we sit here in the in the early stages. Well, we'll definitely keep an eye on that as the days go on. Obviously, the coaching cycle is always crazy in college football, no matter where you go now. Now that Auburn's open and SEC programs open, it's going to be wild. Nathan, thanks for joining me, man. Where can everybody find you and your work on social media and online? Yeah, for sure. Auburn Undercover is going to be uh, going to be pretty crazy here for the next few weeks. Uh, we've got a got a good deal right now, seventy five percent off. That'll come down to half off here in a couple of days. So if you're not a subscriber and you want to keep track of everything going on with this coaching search, be sure to take advantage of that. And then you can follow me on Twitter at Nathan King twenty four seven. Best Auburn coverage around. Nathan King with me on the College Football Daily. Be sure to follow me on Twitter as well at Nick Costco fifty nine. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe to this wherever you get your podcasts. This has been the College Football Daily. Another wild coaching search on tap here at Auburn. Once again, College Football Daily right here on 24-7 Sports.